Bucks fans. Good morning, everybody. It is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here with you again, just like we were here yesterday morning and we will be here tomorrow morning as well to get you guys all ready to go for the Super Bowl, which is just a few days away. It feels like we've been waiting for this forever. <laughs> Two weeks is brutal. I'm dying over here. I'm ready for the game to be here. Uh, but at least we have this to be able to talk about all Bucks things until that time. Um, so if you guys have questions for us, make sure you put them in the comment section underneath the Facebook live video. Now I know injuries is definitely where we're going to start. Um, as of yesterday, we were still sort of operating off of the injury report from last week that had the designations as if it had been the game was last time. And, you know, yeah, they kind of had a walk through Tuesday, but those aren't as helpful. So now at least we do have more recent information. There was a practice, there was an injury report. So what can you tell us about some of those updates? Yeah, first off, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think it was a very good thing that we had these two weeks because uh, some of these guys might not have been ready to go last Sunday. Oh yeah. Um, I was just talking about my poor little heart. I wasn't talking about for the sake of the team. I was just talking about my anxiety over here. <laughs> that is number one. So Obviously, I understand. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. It's, I think it was good news. Uh, all four of the guys that were concerned about are did practice yesterday the only player who didn't practice was jason pierre paul and honestly i'm not sure he's practiced in a month he just they're really made i'm not kidding i, I think he, i really don't think he's practiced in a month and um they're just trying to maintain that knee he knows what he's doing on game day as we can tell he's playing very well so um the guys we were concerned about obviously are levante david with the hamstring jordan whitehead shoulder antoine winfield jr with the ankle and antonio brown with the knee so a full gamut there. Um, they all practiced in a limited fashion yesterday, which is, I think, what you were hoping for heading into this week, that by the beginning, they're at least running around. Um, Jordan Whitehead had a black jersey on, which meant no contact, so make sure you don't hit him. But he's coach that he's running around fine, which, you know, of course, it's a shoulder injury. So <laughs> just don't hit him on the shoulder right now. Um, you know, it's a good start to the week, I think. Uh, yeah, that's about all I can say about that. It's just – it's. It, it was the right. It was the right first step. And and by the way, Super Bowl pro practices are a little different than usual uh, because they're actually not open to the media, and we included ourselves in that. So the only person going to practice is the pool report, reporter, which in this case was Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. So he shared all that information. Of course, Coach talked about it, but he also pointed out that the Bucks broke off in the middle of practice, went into the indoor facility, and stayed there for 26 minutes because they were simulating. He wanted them to get used to how long half times are at the Super Bowl because they're usually like 13 minutes. You basically have time to go in, sit down, take care of a few things, maybe talk to your coaches for a couple minutes and go right back out. But this one is going to feel like an extended period for those guys. That's an interesting point. I like that idea of getting them used to that. That that's a that is an interesting point. Um Jay asked, uh what is the deal with Kansas City and their COVID scare? What's the deal? I mean the way I understand it, uh they they have uh, they had a barber probably, you know, we've seen this before back when we were allowed in the building, there'd be guys, there were people in the service industry who would sometimes come by um, because it's hard for these guys to find time in their day. So maybe they're buying suits or something like this, that in this case, um, they were all, a lot of chiefs were going to get their hair cut by the same guy. So, and I don't know if it was in the facility or somewhere else, but um, he, the, the chiefs decided to arranged to have him tested for COVID and it came back positive. And by that point, he'd only cut two guys hair. Uh, so they had to put those guys, they had to quarantine those guys and test them for five straight days, assuming they're negative, they should be able to play. But he was supposed to, to cut the hair of like 20 people, including Patrick Mahomes. So depending upon the timing of when he did that, and, you know, and if any of them actually contracted the virus, that could have been a pretty crazy thing 
to happen right before the Super Bowl, but it seems like they have it in check. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so this is an interesting question. Chris was talking about how he wanted to know how are we going to cover Hill while also containing Kelsey and Mahomes. And you know, we've talked about each of these guys individually, but I do think it is important to say that with all three of them together, that they really do affect your game plan. Because there's one thing of how you might cover Hill if Kelsey didn't exist or vice versa. And if Mahomes wasn't the kind of quarterback he was. So let's kind of talk about all three of those guys together and the way they influence how you can try to attack yeah. each it's kind of like when you play a one one of these NBA teams with with the big three, which is all in vogue now. You know, you get three superstars, and some of them just sort of have a gravity of their own. You know, like if you have LeBron James on your team, obviously he's pulling defenders towards him, and that you know makes it easier. And all three of those guys do that for each other, and that's the case here with uh, the Chiefs because Travis Kelsey has a incredible knack for getting open. Uh, for finding spots in a zone if it's a zone or he runs some amazing routes uh you know he'll do like a out and then a pivot and up and um you know they're just really hard to cover man to man so he's really good at getting open then you have Tyreek Hill who you have to make a choice on how tightly you want to cover him and if you want to press him and he beats the press and is on a go there's a cornerback in the league that's going to catch up to him if you give him too much space however because you're worried about getting run by then they do a lot of underneath stuff where he gets yards after the catch. Then you have Patrick Mahomes, who led the league with 951 passing yards while running uh, <laughs> this season. And that's defined as, as moving at least eight miles per hour, uh, which is easily the most in the league, as you would imagine. Um, he also is just absolutely lethal against the blitz, like 130 passer rating. So Again, you see Mahomes goes on the run that has a gravity of its own and that creates more open spaces and obviously creates more time for and and usually when he's on the run his favorite target is Travis Kelsey but you also have Tyreek Hill out there running around so how do you stop it well you know that's been a conundrum for just about every defense the last two years and it's been hard to do I think it's like sometimes when we used to play the the Saints and Drew Brees and his, all his weapons you would go into that saying well we're not going to stop him he might get 280 yards um this guy might get this many, Michael Thomas might get this many, but we have to contain them as much as we can and then keep up. And I, I think that's what you have to hope for here, um, that you can contain them to the best of your ability, hopefully with some pressure on Mahomes, and then just outscore them. Right. Well, and that actually leads perfectly into the next question. Richard had asked, do you think nerves might limit how much of a shootout we're expecting? So kind of overall, maybe whether it's for nerves or anything else with the game, I think a lot of people are expecting this to be a shootout. Is there any situation where you don't see it panning out that way? No, I wouldn't think it'd be nerves. If, if, if it doesn't end up being a shootout and I guess you could compare this to um, a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, the last one that Tom Brady was in when the uh, Patriots beat the Rams. And those were two teams that had pretty good offenses and the game ended up being 10, three, and there wasn't a touchdown until the fourth quarter. Um, nobody expected that. And I guess in that case, it was just, two defenses that were very well coached. You know, we, Todd Bowles has had two weeks to work on this problem we're talking about. And, uh, and Steve Spagnolo has had two weeks to work on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So you could possibly have a coordinator that comes in with just an incredible plan. That would be one way. And the other way, I guess, would be turnovers. Uh, but again, sometimes turnovers lead to points. So it doesn't necessarily kill the, uh, the uh, shootout. But um, if you saw like the last time we played the Chiefs, it was 27-24, right? I don't know if anybody would call that a shootout, particularly with two teams that averaged more than that during the regular season. But the Buccaneers struggled early on third downs. And in the second half, the offense was great, but there were two interceptions and that took away two scoring opportunities. So there's ways that it can happen, but my money would still be on a game that you need to score 30 points to win. 
Okay. And Mike asked, do you think we have the kicker edge? Uh, he's he, in terms of just our field goal kicker versus theirs and how that could potentially affect some of the, the game decisions. I know that our kicker has been very good 36 of 39, including the playoffs. And also, you know, he, he maybe there's a home field advantage there. He's been kicking there all, all year. And Harrison Butker has had just one game there. Uh, maybe he understands the wins a little bit better. Um, but I think Harrison Butker is a pretty good kicker. I'm not sure I'd say there's an advantage for either team there. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks as always for joining us. And again, we'll be back here tomorrow morning, again, 10 a.m. And that will be our final Buccaneers Insider Live before the Super Bowl. So make sure you're here to get all those last minute questions in. We'll see you then.